So for those of you that weren't here last week and uh, looking at the altars, a little different setup, just a quick explanation of that. <clears throat> um, I spoke all last week about how the Mass is, is all about a movement in the Holy Spirit, offering the Son, <clears throat> Jesus, to the Father. And we all move in the same direction. <clears throat> I just lead you in worship. And so that's why <clears throat> I said, we just, just for this feast, see how it goes. See what kind of feedback we get. The 4 p.m., I think most of them, I haven't heard anything negative. And honestly, for me, it was like the most focused I've been in Mass since I was ordained. Because I'm not looking out. There's no distractions. I'm just focused on the Father, right? And offering the gift of the Son. Also, too, I just found this out. I don't know if you guys know this. I've, I kind of, everybody kind of geeks out on their own stuff. For me, it's theology, right? And so that big book back there is called the Roman Missal, that big red book. And in there, the Roman Missal presumes that I am not facing you. In the liturgy of the Eucharist, there are three times, you'll see it during the Mass today, three times where I turn around and say something to you. And in there it says, just very simple, it says, and the priest turns and faces the people. Well, if I'm already facing you, that doesn't make any sense, right? So I would be facing away from you. So even our own Mass, the Missal itself presumes, I'm not looking at you. I am now. But not during the liturgy of the Eucharist. And there's that fundamental shift, right, from liturgy of the Word, liturgy of the Eucharist. Anyway... I said we are going to do it today because today is the Feast of Corpus Christi, which is the gift of the Eucharist, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus is given to us in the Mass. But I don't think most Catholics believe that. In fact, I know most Catholics don't believe that. They did a recent study about five years ago. 27% of Catholics believe that Jesus is really present, truly present, body, blood, soul, and divinity, in the Eucharist. 27%. You don't look shocked enough. 75% of the church doesn't believe one of the most important things of our faith. No wonder we don't have any power. No wonder we don't have any influence. But why? Why, why does 75% of the lay faithful not believe that? I think it's because if he is present... If that's really Jesus, then there's no more excuses. There's no more important place to be on the face of this earth than in Mass. But if it's not, if it's just a symbol of Him, or something we do in remembrance of Him, well, you know, I'm going to try to make it. I'm going to do my best. And, it, you know, it makes me feel good about myself. In a word, the Mass costs us too much. It just costs us too much. And I feel like most Catholics feel like going to Mass is a chore or an obligation. If they don't do it, God will condemn them to hell. Is that true? No. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know why it always has to be children that know this stuff. I was over at a family's house a couple weeks ago. I was watching that. We went to the movie Nefarious, uh, which I've seen four times now. <laughs> Highly recommend it. Uh, and we were having a discussion afterwards. We were talking about the movie. And 
the wife was like, I love the movie, but there was this part of the movie that I just didn't like. And it's where the, de- the demon says that the angels and humans are nothing more than slaves to God. Just slaves. I'm going to just, I'll give you the quote from the demon exactly. He says, in the first moment of creation, long before what you call the universe ever existed, we contemplated ourselves, our own being. We were beings of pure spirit, beings endowed with will. We had the ability to choose. But we soon became aware of another will, an immensely powerful will. One we came to realize was our origin, God. My master, the devil, understood that by endowing us with a will, we had the right to self-determination. By giving us a will and desires of our own, we were free to do as we wanted. But God, (laughs) but God, by creating us, thought he was entitled to eternal gratitude, worship, and forced servitude. In a word, slavery to his will. He made us slaves, and if we rebelled, if we didn't do what he said, he would eternally condemn us to hell. No do-overs. And then he scoffs and said, so much for love and mercy. Is that true? Are you saying, there you go. Are we slaves? Are we, are we just bound to serve God, and if we don't, He sends us to hell. I mean, listen to the first reading. It says, remember how for 40 years, the Lord your God directed all your journey in the desert so as to test you by affliction to find out whether or not it was your intention to keep his commandments. That sounds a lot to me like God tested you to see if he would obey. See if you would serve. Or would you just do your own thing? Now, here's the first thing to keep in mind. The devil is a liar. He's a liar. He lies about everything. Jesus calls him the father alive. And he has put several lies into our heads. And we have the right to either accept them or reject them. Two lies I want to talk about this morning. First, that somehow service to God and his will takes something away from us. Robs us of something in this life. And second, that if we, follow, if we don't follow God's will, he'll condemn us to hell. So first, is service to God really slavery? St. Irenaeus said that the glory, of man, the glory of God is man fully alive. You guys, God is not commanding us to follow him because he's some needy, self-conscious being that needs our worship. God needs nothing from you. Nothing. But he created you and he loves you. And because he created you, he knows how you are to live. And not only did he say, hey, be my slaves or die. Okay? He didn't say that. In St. Paul's letter to the Philippians, it says this. Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God something to be grasped at. Listen to this. Rather, he emptied himself and took the form of a slave, becoming obedient unto death. God did it for us so that we would know his love and we could trust him. Following his his will is not about forced slavery. It's about freedom for us. Do you believe that? That's the question. I think I told you a couple years ago, there's there's this 
thing you do on the, a 30-day silent retreat, it's called the two standards. You meditate on the standard of God and the standard of the, of the devil. And you spend an hour with each. And so I spent my first hour meditating on the standard of the devil. And the standard of the devil is pretty simple, right? Do whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want, with whoever you want. Like, it's just complete what we'd say, freedom to do whatever I want to do. And then I looked at Jesus' standard, right? And it's discipline, virtue, self-sacrifice, fasting, giving up your life for other people. And I'm like, Lord, no offense, but your standard stinks. Like, it's no wonder you're losing so many people. You have a terrible sales pitch. And he looked at, he just said, fired back to me immediately, said, mine isn't a sales pitch. Mine's the truth. The other guy, that's the sales pitch. And a lot of people are buying into it. Because we believe that to do our will is what will bring us joy. And it doesn't. It never does. The great Italian author, Dante Alighieri, once said, In God's will is our peace. St. Augustine said, just as good, right? Just as well. Our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Being God's servants isn't hindering us, it's saving us. A few days after I had that discussion with the couple, after the movie, the husband texted me and he said this. He said, I couldn't have articulated love properly until you came over after the movie the other night and we talked. But love is this. Our whole life boils down to service. You are always going to be serving something or someone. No matter who or what that is, there will be consequences. So who do you serve? What do you serve? Because no one has given us more reason to trust him and serve him than Jesus. No one has done more for us than he's done for us. No one else created us and poured out his life like he did. He doesn't want to burden us. He wants to save us. And that leads into the second lie. If we don't follow his will, will God condemn us to hell? No. God condemns no one to hell. You know who condemns people to hell? We do. You know who sends someone to hell? You do. You're the only one that can reject heaven. And if you end up in hell, it will be your fault. God wants all to be saved. And because if you don't follow his will, it's not like God's like, you little son of a gun, get out of my face, go to hell. If you don't follow his will, you're not going to want to be in heaven. Because heaven is his will. So why bring all this up on Corpus Christi? Because God's greatest desire is us to be full of life and his greatest gift to us to encourage and build up that life is the Eucharist. And the devil's convinced us that we don't need it. Heck, you know what really convinced us was COVID. COVID convinced us we don't need the Eucharist. Or at least that it's not necessary for Catholics. You have no idea how many people I still talk to say, yeah. I'm, I'm like, why aren't you back at Mass? Oh, I'm still going to Mass. I go, on, I go watch it online. You're not going to Mass. What we did as a Catholic church during COVID might have been the biggest mistake we've made in the last hundred years. 
because it convinced Catholics that the Eucharist just isn't that important. You know, during the bubonic plague of Europe, they still had mass because they thought it was that important, that that was more important than life itself because it led to the next life. In Europe in the Middle Ages, you didn't, get, you didn't need to get tested to see if you had the bubonic plague. You died. And yet they still had mass. They still believed. Because they believed it was necessary for eternal life. And I just don't think we believe that anymore. Because the fact is this, you guys. If you don't accept that the Eucharist is real, then Jesus isn't real. If the Eucharist isn't Jesus' body and blood, then Jesus isn't God. And if the Eucharist isn't true, then Christianity isn't true. And we should just go home. He told us, if you're going to be my disciple, you have to believe this. You know that. You heard that. He said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life within you. And they're like, whoa. Hold on. You can't really mean that, Jesus. Explain that to us. And he says, oh, let me explain it to you. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life within you. Says the same thing again. And people say, this is too hard. There is one place in the entire New Testament where people walk away from Jesus over a teaching. Only one place. You know where it is? It's today. It's what you heard today. John 6, 6, 6. Yeah. That should freak you out a little bit. John 6, 66 said, and many people returned to their former way of life because this teaching was too hard. Let me ask you a question. Because a lot of people say, oh, he meant it symbolically. If he said, eat my flesh, drink my blood, as a symbol, is that a hard teaching? No, it's easy. But if he said, eat my flesh, drink my blood, like gnaw on my muscle and slurp up my blood, that's a hard teaching. And he let people walk away. And then he turned to his apostles and said, what are you guys going to do? Because if you don't believe this, there's the door. And Peter's got the greatest answer ever. Lord, where are we going to go? I don't know what you're talking about. Now I'm paraphrasing in the Bible. I don't know what you're talking about. I drink, drink your blood, eat your... I don't know. I, but I know one thing. I know you're God. And so if you say it, I'll trust it. I know you're God. If you say it, I'll trust it. If I trust Jesus, I trust the Eucharist. It doesn't matter if I feel like it's God. It doesn't matter if it tastes like bread and wine. It doesn't matter if I feel nothing when I receive it. Jesus said it, and therefore it's true. And either you believe that or you don't. And if you don't believe that he's totally present, body, blood, soul, and divinity on this altar, then leave. Because you don't believe what Catholics believe. It's about him and about others. Don't let let the devil trick you. You will serve someone or something. The question as to what or who that is, that's up to you.